I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast here with me, Dr. Janelle Anderson, where it is my job to share with you the latest and best ideas on workplace dynamics, communication, and leadership, delivering actionable tips and techniques that you can use at work today. Last week on the podcast, we talked about the return to hybrid work. In fact, we talked about that the week before as well, when I was interviewed by my friend Jason Hunt from I Squared Leadership. So if you haven't checked that episode out, that is episode 21, which you can find at working conversations forward slash 21. And last week, I shared some of the most common questions I've been receiving from employees as they return to a hybrid work environment or anticipate returning to a hybrid work environment. That episode titled, Dude, Where's My Cube? is episode 22, and you can find that and its show notes at workingconversations.com forward slash 22. And today we continue that discussion by looking at what it's like for a manager and a supervisor and a leader to return to a hybrid work arrangement and how to handle some of the issues that come up from a supervisory and management standpoint. So today I'm going to share with you eight of the top questions that I have received from managers and leaders as they either anticipate or already are in the throes of managing in that hybrid work environment. So again, I've got eight questions queued up for you today. And the very first one, which is the title of this episode, hybrid work management, where am I supposed to be? So question number one comes to me from a listener who says this, my job can be done from anywhere, but the people I supervise need to be on site. I'm anticipating that they will not like that I'm working from home and they are not. What should I do? Well, Mr. Work from Home or Ms. Work from Home, let's take a look at what are the reasons that you would be working from home separate from them working from home. Obviously, their job duties and the way that they are serving the company and serving your customers is something that obviously needs to be done on site. Fair enough. Now, your job, as you say, can be done from anywhere. So you can manage remotely. And again, the pandemic has absolutely proven that many of the responsibilities that we didn't used to think could easily be done from home absolutely can. So you have probably been very capably managing your team at a distance while they have been on site throughout most of the pandemic. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is required of you by your organization? So certainly your employees, especially since they are face-to-face, would appreciate some time from you face-to-face. Now, that said, we have to look at the larger health issues that may be facing your organization. Is there ample room for social distancing? What is your organization's social distancing policy as we move hopefully through and out of the pandemic? What is the commercial real estate space? What is the office space like in your organization? Does your office even still exist? 
So some of these questions need to be thought about first before we decide where you, my friend, are going to be working from. I think the best possible answer here is for you to take a hybrid approach, especially if there are some health and safety reasons for you to be off-site working from home. If it's just a matter of convenience for you and you like working from home better, well, that's one thing, in which case I would say take a day or two a week and work from home and then try to be present and on-site with your folks as much as possible. If, however, there is a health and safety concern or imperative or policy at your organization that requires that you work from home because there is not space available for you or because there is a cap on the number of people who can be in the building at the same time, then be very transparent with your folks, with the the folks who directly report to you so that they understand why you're working from home. And that in fact, it's not as much of your choice as they might think it is. So those are some considerations to really take into account. Where does, you know, where your job needs to be done from? Well, yes, it can easily be done from home. Again, your people are going to appreciate you on site at least some of the time if that is allowable from a health and safety and physical space standpoint. So I would I would take a blended approach and be as transparent with your folks as possible. And again, especially if there is a health and safety imperative or a cap on the number of people in the office at a time, then your team will fully understand you working from home and it'll be a bit more like you taking a sacrifice to work from home for the greater good of the organization. All right, the second question I keep getting is, oh, how do I create a schedule that seems fair? I need to have some of my people working from home daily in order to meet the space requirements that I've been given from my senior leadership team. Is it better to rotate the staff or keep their schedules consistent? How do I do this in a way that seems fair and adheres to our space requirements? Well, I've been suggesting that you put people on a Monday, Wednesday, and every other Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, and every other Friday schedule, provided that works with your organization's health and safety requirements, cleaning requirements, and so forth. If the cleaning requirements are such that spaces need to be thoroughly cleaned between use, and it's not feasible to do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, because then it requires a full clean down of each desk or work area every night. And if that's not feasible, then I would suggest a Monday, Tuesday, every other Wednesday, every other Wednesday, Thursday, Friday schedule so that that cleaning, that deep clean only needs to happen once in the week. Now, if that is the case, then you definitely may want to rotate that so that you've got folks are doing the front part of the week, some of the time, the back part of the week, you know, other weeks. And this is a conversation to be having with your team so that they are clear and completely in you know understanding what the space requirement is and that a rotation needs to happen. And again, if you do need to do that deep clean between rotation, it's better to, to load up half of your team the front half of the week, half of your team the, the second half of the week. Now, you may want to occasionally switch that around so the folks that are on the front half of the week one week who maybe never see the folks who are on the back half of the week, the other, the other weeks get to intermingle, if you will. So again, that also is if it makes sense to do so. If you can have your team in two separate cohorts, 
especially if their responsibilities and collaboration and intersection of their roles work well to group them into two separate groups that are roughly half and half in order from a, to, to make it work from a space standpoint, then I would say keep them in these intact sort of mini teams, if you will, because that will make it easier for your employee's life. Because if they know that their schedule is always going to be Monday, Tuesday, and every other Wednesday, that's going to be easier for them to organize their life, their commute, their family obligations, their pet care, anything that they may have going on in their life, any of the other logistics. But let's get down to the fairness question. How do I create a schedule that seems fair? Well, and I think seems is kind of the operative word here because you may have a team where some of your folks absolutely need to be on site because of their role. And I always, if you haven't listened to episode 21 yet, please go back and listen to Working Conversations forward slash 21, because in that episode, I talk about the role and the customer's need really driving the schedule. So, but in terms of it seeming fair, this is again, where you may have some folks whose jobs need to be done on site. It is a role driven thing. They are customer facing and their customer and your customers come into the office or there's some, you know, or it's manufacturing or it's something that is very hands-on and they can't do that work from home. In which case, then being very transparent about that. And especially if you've got some people who are, let's say, doing some of those back office jobs, whether it's accounting, bookkeeping, inventory management, any of those kinds of things where they don't need to physically be on site, then being transparent about that with your folks who do need to be on site so that they know that it is in fact for their own health and safety that there are fewer people in the building. And that that means that some of those folks who can do their roles from home are going to do their roles from home and and really lead with the idea of the greater good. When you do have that disparity in terms of roles where some are absolutely suited to be on site and some can be done from anywhere. As for those folks whose roles must be done on site, I would also encourage you to find opportunities for them to be able to work from home once in a while. Now, this might be some of their professional development. If they do have, let's say it's time to write their own, their um, self-reflection and their annual performance review, any of those kinds of things that they could possibly do from home, if you can stack several of them together, even to give them a half day work from home, Um, once a quarter, something like that can at least be a goodwill gesture on your part so that they feel that they can um, get at least a bit of work from home time, even if their role is not necessarily suited for that. All right. Question number three, I have an employee who is a bit of a squeaky wheel. There's always something for them to complain about and it affects the others on the team. Now, there are many things I anticipate this person complaining about in the hybrid work setting. What can I do to head some of this off at the pass? All right. Well, that employee who is the bit of a squeaky wheel is an interesting conundrum, regardless of a pandemic, regardless of a hybrid work setting. What I would recommend that you do with the squeaky wheel, and and, and just let me say a few things as an aside about the squeaky wheel. Sometimes there is a squeaky wheel in your organization who really does wield a lot of power. And that power sometimes comes through gossiping, it comes through complaining, it comes through sort of stirring the pot and getting people riled up. And when you have an employee who is like that, there is an opportunity there with most employees. There's an opportunity where they have some leadership capacity that is going untapped. And then they are using that leadership capacity 
in a bit of a, I won't say outrightly nefarious way, but that leadership capacity is squeaking out, you know, it's coming out sideways rather than coming out in a functional, helpful sort of way. So you, that person also may be very much a social influencer amongst the rest of the team. So if you can get that person on board with the idea of hybrid and get them on board with some of the things, perhaps they can be an opinion leader in a very positive, forward-looking way. And you might, in fact, reach out to that person. And, and, and I wouldn't limit it just to that person, but I would maybe conduct uh, casual interviews with all of your employees to say, hey, we're moving to a hybrid work situation and I will be taking the directive I've been given from our senior leadership, which requires we us to do A, B, and C or whatever those requirements are. And then say, but we do have some latitude and in terms of how we implement this within our specific team. And I would like to interview everybody on the team to get their input. And, and I would start with the person who is the squeaky wheel. And I would intentionally tell them, hey, I'm talking to everybody, but I recognize you as a leader on the team. I recognize you as somebody whose opinions really matter and that other people, and who is someone who is very outspoken about their opinions. I maybe wouldn't say that other people follow their opinions because that's not necessarily for me to say or for you to say. Um, but to say, you, you know, you tend to be somebody who's very outspoken and has strong opinions. So I wanted to start with you first. Now, taking an approach like that really does acknowledge that the person has even if it's a very unofficial leadership capacity, because we don't all, you know, leaders are not necessarily all people who have a title that de- that um, acknowledges their leadership. Many people are leaders with a, I sometimes call it a lowercase L, who influence from the side. And again, if they're not given adequate opportunity to positively influence from the side, sometimes it comes out a bit sideways. So I would start with them and find out what are those, what are their concerns? What are their issues? And then as you put together your plan for heading into a hybrid work environment, you already know many of the things that the person that, you know, the person would anticipate complaining about, and you can incorporate those and have those off of the pass in that way. So that's my advice for you. If you've got that squeaky wheel, again, I do want you to recognize that as potential leadership capability on the part of that person. And if you can find ways that are consistent with the role that the person is in for them to demonstrate those leadership capabilities, they might not come out quite as sideways as they have been. Okay, question number four. I am really good at and very efficient at managing my team from a distance, and I don't want to go back to the office at all. I'm planning on going in as infrequently as possible. My team has worked really well with the management style that I've been using throughout the pandemic. Is there any downside to me not going back into the office very often? Well, my friend, Mr. or Ms. not going back into the office very often, the downside is not necessarily for your team per se, because as you acknowledge, if you truly are really good at and efficient at managing your team and you've fallen into a good rhythm with them during this pandemic, they may not care so much. You may be doing just fine by them and your team may be humming along. With you not going back into the office, if other management peers of yours are going into the office at least once in a while in a hybrid fashion, and your senior leaders certainly will be going back into the office in a you know somewhat hybrid fashion, or some senior leaders have committed to being in all the time, not because they necessarily want to, but because they think that's what's best for the organization then you are potentially doing yourself a disservice and creating a career-limiting move by not going back into the office. 
that visibility and those chance conversations, those chance interactions that we have in the hallway and at the coffee machine and all of the various places in the parking lot and the parking ramps and the elevators, all of those places, you're going to miss out on those. And that puts you on the radar for more interesting projects and promotions and so many things. And there's some really interesting research that predates COVID about people working from home and people working in the office and all other things being equal, same career drive, relatively, you know, same um, skill level, same education level, and so forth. People who work from home were 50% less likely to get promoted than their peer equivalent who was in the office. So, and even if you don't want to get promoted, there is some great advantage to being seen and known in your organization. Even if you're always turning your camera on and those Zoom calls and those Microsoft Teams calls, you still need to get in that FaceTime. So I would recommend that not necessarily for your team, especially if they're doing well with you managing them at a distance, but rather for yourself, my friend, that you get some FaceTime in the office and be present so that your career doesn't get sidetracked as a result of you working from home full time. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, question number five. My senior leadership thinks that everything should go back to the way it was before COVID, with everyone back in the office full-time and very limited work-from-home options. I think that's short-sighted, and I think that they're wrong. Is there anything I can say to convince them otherwise? Well, dear listener, I am with you in thinking that it may be short-sighted and that they, well, may be wrong. Much of this is contextual and depends upon the industry that you're in and the work that's being done. I know of many law firms and other types of professional services agencies that had ample space and were able to work in person throughout the pandemic and have continued to work in person throughout the pandemic. So in some industries, it may not be short-sighted or wrong, but in other industries, where there is an opportunity for people to work from home and have that be part of a work-life balance that attracts and maintains and retains, I should say, a talented workforce, then perhaps it is short-sighted. So is there anything that you can say to convince them otherwise? Well, I would start with a line of questioning. I would start with finding out why they're making the decision that they're making and also Then taking that why, if you will, and doing some benchmark research against other firms in your same industry to see what they're doing. And, you know, you might find out when you ask the why question, at least if your senior leadership is transparent, 
you might find out that there are some very legitimate reasons regarding culture and climate and so forth that they want people in the face-to-face work environment. It could also have something to do with how you're serving your customers or even perception from your customers. So find out that why first and then benchmark against your competitors or others in your industry or similar industries. And then if you still think that they are making a short-sighted move, I would then go back and make a data-driven case for perhaps adding a work-from-home option, whether that is a blended work environment, a hybrid work environment, once once a week, once a month, or some sort of formal policy where work from home is acknowledged as something that your organization offers. Because again, from a talent attraction and retention standpoint, it is going to be a thing. I mean, it's already a thing and it's, I think, going to be a continue to be a larger issue as we move into these next few years post-pandemic to see what that workplace looks like. So I think it may be short-sighted in terms of data um, that suggests employees will be attracted to and and be retained in your firm longer if they have that work from home policy. So that's where I would begin the conversation. And also, if if they are very firm on it right now, I would also encourage you to not be overly optimistic that you're going to be able to change their mind, at least in the short term. I would take a very incremental approach and see if we can't get a work from home policy in place where uh, on on an occasional basis or a weekly basis, people could work from home and just sort of work it in gradually and incrementally, because you may not be able to turn senior leaders opinions and ideas on a dime. All right, question number six, I've got an employee who has some family health concerns and is not comfortable coming back into the office. How do I handle that with them and with the rest of the team who will be wondering why this person isn't in the office? And, you know, if I let them keep a work from home schedule, that alludes to fairness issues as well. Oh, this is a complex one. So if you've got that that person who for their own health and safety reasons or for their family's health and safety reasons can't come back into the office, then you do need to handle that. And I would say handle that with the cooperation and um, counsel from your human resources office so that you're making sure that how you're handling that is consistent with how the organization is handling it in other instances, because you are probably not the only one who has an employee who has some health concerns uh, post-COVID. So first off, again, making sure that you are in compliance with what your human resources team has laid out. Then I would talk with that person, again, provided your human resources team agrees that yes, we can let that person keep a work from home schedule because of their health and safety concerns. I would then talk with that person to find out how comfortable they are in letting other people know the why behind their work from home schedule. It may be a situation where they're comfortable being transparent to let other people on the team know that they've got a sick child or they're caring for an elderly um, family member in their home or somebody's got an autoimmune issue. Sometimes people are very comfortable letting other people know that. And so I would talk individually with your employee who needs to continue to work from home about their comfort level in letting the rest of the team know. Then if they are comfortable in letting the rest of the team know, I would ask if they would be comfortable, in fact, letting the other people know, or if it could be something that you and that person 
uh, share together with the rest of the team. And I wouldn't do it by email. I would do it in you know, a Teams meeting, a Zoom meeting, however you regularly are meeting, getting everybody on screen together at the same time, and then saying, hey, as we move into this hybrid work arrangement that's coming up in, let's say, September or whenever it's happening in your organization, we do have a couple of um, anomalies and things that we need to, uh, th- that are going to be a bit different from everybody else's schedule. And then you might say, you know, Pat, you want to take the reins here for a moment and share with the rest of the team what your work schedule will look like and why. And then that person can be, again, share as many details or as few details as they want to about what is going on with them that they need to have a work from home schedule. So ideally, if you can have that person let the rest of the team know, then it doesn't look like it's a fairness issue on your part. And I think then it will also give some compassion towards that person and their circumstances from the other team members. Now, you may not have a team member who is transparent, who is willing to be that transparent with the rest of the team. Um, Sometimes it might be something that they want to hold a little bit closer to the vest, in which case then you will adhere to and honor their request to do so. And you'll just let your team know there are, you know, there are extenuating circumstances. And the phrase extenuating circumstances can mean so many different things. But it is also a phrase that says, you don't get to know what is behind this. And I would also, though, in those instances, if you're not going to be sharing the details or the employee is not going to be sharing the details, I would be really clear with everybody that this is something that's been vetted through the human resources team. And the human resources team has acknowledged that this is a particular situation that because of extenuating circumstances needs to be handled in a work from home basis for the time being. And I would also talk with that employee about this is a for the time being and, you know, the circumstances may change. And then I would also set up regular intervals and they may not be short intervals. They may be long intervals. Like let's revisit this in six months to find out if anything has changed or to see if it is now safe for you to come back into the office. You know, six months or even quarterly every three months would be a pretty good interval to be checking in with them just so that that is an open conversation And it's not a closed door, both for you and for them. All right. So question number seven, I've got some employees who have to be on site. They work with materials that are in the building and most of their job duties are things that can't be done remotely. We've already had the fairness conversation about this and I've covered on-site and off-site responsibilities. Is there anything else I can do? Because I feel bad for these folks who don't get to work from home ever. All right. Well, first off, if they, you might want to just check and see if they do want to work from home because some people don't. Some people thoroughly enjoy everything from their commute to their morning coffee to everything else about coming into the office. So if they're not pining away to work from home, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Now, if they are and they kind of wished that they were able to work from home once in a while, then I would look into some other uh, possibilities. If you do have some of your team who are able to work from home because of their roles and their responsibilities, and those are your offsite responsibilities, I would look into seeing, is there some sort of a job share you can do where you can do a bit of cross-training so that maybe it's even one day a week or one day a month that somebody who's in that on-site role can cover some off-site responsibilities for somebody else. And, you know, that the other, uh, another similar approach would be, are there a few duties that they might have that could be amenable to work from home? And if so, could those be saved up and batched, if you will, to work a half day here and a half day there from home, or maybe even a full day here and there from home? Related to that half day question, though, 
is also the issue of, is it the commute they're wanting to avoid? Because if their commute is the thing that they're hoping to avoid and would enjoy avoiding, then a half day here and there isn't necessarily going to cut it because they're still going to have their morning commute and their midday commute or their midday commute and their afternoon commute, whatever their half day is. So the more you can know about what their potential motivation might be around wanting to work from home, and indeed, if they do want to work from home, the more likely you will be able to create something that can work with and, and help meet that need or that desire that they have to work from home once in a while. Another couple of ways you could go about it is that there's always professional development training. Sometimes that's compliance training. Uh, sometimes that's certification training, anything that they might need to do vis-a-vis their own professional development that they would otherwise be sitting behind a workstation in the office doing. Again, if you could stack up those activities and put those into a professional development day or series of days that they can do from home or from a coffee shop or wherever it is they would like to work, then that also might be an opportunity for you to be able to give them the opportunity, again, very much once in a while to work from home. All right, and question number eight. I often get this question, where can I go to get some additional resources on how to manage a hybrid team? And my friends, I have been working on this. I have been pulling together, synthesizing all the research that is out there on managing a hybrid team. And up until now, this has been a very top secret project. But I'm going to share with you today on this podcast that I am launching a course in September that will teach you everything you need to know about managing hybrid teams. We'll cover some of the same topics we've been talking about here in the podcast, but we'll go far deeper. There'll be opportunities to interact with me on this in a greater way. There'll be opportunities to up interact with other managers and other people who are taking the course as well. So more information will be available in the next couple of weeks podcasts, but do watch for my class on managing a hybrid team, which will be launching this September. All right. So there we have it, my friends. These are some common questions that I am getting from managers and leaders who are wondering how to best manage in a hybrid work arrangement. And so I'll be back next week with more tips and strategies and ideas on how to make work life better. All right, until then, have a great week and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.